high noon here on Mutiny Radio. It's time for the AltaCast. Very exciting AltaCast today. Both LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, and me, Pam Benjamin, both back from big adventures, faraway lands, fun times, back to the scariness and post-apocalyptic world that the U.S. has become. What? I was gone for a month. I fear for my life on the bus upon my return. Wow. Has this place gone south? Uh, Fun news stories to talk about with today with LaToya when she arrives. Hey, what'd you wake up to on your cell phone? How smart are smartphones when they tell you that a 14-year-old boy shot his entire family in Alabama? Woo! But gun control doesn't matter, even though it was an unregistered gun. Whose gun was it? Are they responsible for that? Or is it family dynamics and not paying attention to 14-year-old boys? Those gentle little butterflies. They, you know, junior high boys are... and are such special little creatures and they're 12 to 14 and they don't want to need a lot of love but they need a lot of love and they can be difficult and they think they're men and they're smart and they've got this stuff they are special beings and i know as a as a, i went through the the lady part time there and boy that was crazy i was a crazy teen i was nuts uh but with all of what boys have to deal with i don't know i really i i I feel for America right now because a 14-year-old boy shot his family, and that's the worst thing to wake up to. And it's like someone's writing a movie. It's like it's not even real. And then you watch the Netflix, and then they're talking to the serial killers, and like, I was 15, and I orchestrated this murder, and it's like, what? Or they don't admit it or whatever. I've, I've been watching things on Netflix. But it's scary, and this is the world we live in. I got on the bus uh, two days ago, and there was a gentleman... Uh, with a pickaxe, very small pickaxe, and I moved to another part of the bus. I was afraid. I felt like, oh my God, why? What? For what reason? Not a big one, like a small one, like like an elar- like an elongated hammer. But even if it was a hammer, why would you have a hammer on a bus and be holding it in such a manner? That just makes me think you could just hit somebody in the head with it and they could be dead. And is that because I'm afraid and the fear that they're trying to push down us? I'm what? Fear controls people, so make us afraid, but we're making ourselves afraid. 14-year-old boys killing their families. I can't wait to talk to LaToya about it. And I don't mean to pluralize it. There's one boy who did this, and uh, and and that's what we wake up to on our cell phones, and that's what makes me... I don't have a smartphone, so I like to say, like, I'm away from it, but my boyfriend does, and he wakes up next to me, so I get to hear about the 14-year-old boy who kills his father and stepmother. And uh, two kids, two, three kids, two, a five and a six-year-old, and then a six-month-old baby. Sad, 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 sad. CNN breaking news woke me up this morning with it. And that's a problem that we have so much like, ugh, death and scariness and what's happening? I, I mean, I honestly felt a fear on the bus <laughs> with a guy with the pickaxe. <laughs> For what purpose could he have it? Also, he had like um, sort of like mermaid hair, like pink and blue hair and um, kind of a trench coaty thing. And I was just like, I am uh, I am going to move into the front of the bus. I am out of here. And I don't know if that's just because I've come from Greece recently and I felt so safe there, like everywhere. We were hitchhiking, for God's sake. We would never do that here. I would never hitchhike. And I, but I felt so totally okay to do that there. 
got in a car with um, a grandma and a mom and a, and like a child in the car seat and I felt guilty because I smelled like alcohol but we'd all been coming from this feast that was everyone there and it was like everyone was dancing and feasting and and drinking and supporting this monastery and it was really fun so yay Greece uh, Latoya is late and that is not surprising because uh, I haven't seen her in a month. We are very late in our in our meeting over of the minds. It's been like six weeks since we've done a show together. So if you're listening, thank you, Altcast listeners. But I wrote down things. Jonathan and I were talking this morning, and I was like, write these things down. This is crazy. But it's it's hard without Latoya. It always is. But I challenge you to think like, what if you didn't pick up your smartphone? immediately when you wake up what if you didn't check your email what if you what if you went potty without a phone in your hands to look at all the sad sad things that have happened while you've been asleep like that the world is falling apart and but we're all walking around and it kind of seems okay but I mean the underlying fear is there and then there was the other the second news story that popped up in I guess, I don't know, do they get the algorithm and they're like, give them, I saw that they were watching serial killer shit on Netflix. Give them the scary serial killer, multiple murder, real life stories. So we don't, I don't know how many, the guys, a guy stabbed people out front of, out front of Dyke Industries in Florida. Uh, so, uh, so this is what we wake up to this morning. And I don't like the United States anymore. This is what we have to wake up to. Why do we have to wake up to this? I mean, I guess we have a choice and we can put, you know, limits and strictures on the internet and be like, okay, I'd like some parental controls on my morning news watching on the thing that scrolls in front of me or what it tells me, what news it tells me, what fake news it brings to me today. I mean, (laughs) I got serious and the music ended. Oh my God, what, what could happen? Uh, we'll listen to some cool cope. Play amongst 
We are back on the AltaCast. It's been six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. I am rejoined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. We got the crew back. They are back. We are bring. We've brought the band back together again. <laughs> it's happening. Musketeers. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and the world is falling apart. It's still shitty. It's I actually been doing the pound by not paying attention to the news oh good for you submerge so, yourself in the yeah, barrel of whiskey so you know more than me today oh shit <laughs> yeah well um i'm challenging people to lie to their smartphones and put on some parental controls so they can at least have some happy news in the morning because it sucks when you wake up and like tonight today was great i worked late last night jonathan has wednesdays off now so we like got to sleep in and I made sure I didn't drink too much last night so that I could actually like not feel like shit. <laughs> and I woke up at 9.30 and I like stretched. It was so nice. Jonathan was there. And you know, the cat came up and we're like petting the cat. And I'm like, oh, I love this cat. I love this cat. And you know, I went potty and everything was great. And then Jonathan kind of gets up to join me and he sits on the sofa and he's got his, and he's starting to do his morning thing, but he's got his, his phone in front of him and he's like, oh my God. Okay. Like the first thing he says to me is like, oh, I love you, honey, good morning. And then he's like, oh my God, a kid, a 14-year-old boy in Alabama shot his father, mother, and three step-siblings. And I'm like, good morning, Jesus. good morning, America. Hey, everything. The, the birds are chirping. <laughs> Kill some birds with some unregistered guns in Alabama. Good morning, wow. USA. Pow! Yeah. <laughs> he, he shot. He admitted, like, so there's a couple of problems happening here. One, junior high boys are special little creatures and need to be nurtured. And they want to just hide in their Minecraft or whatever it is they do. Mm. But God, make them play soccer. Make them do some stuff. Because otherwise, they're going to shoot you. They're going to kill their family. We have to pay attention to, I mean... I immediately went into his pathology. I'm like, oh, his three step siblings, so and his 38 year old dad and his 36 year old stepmom, and she just had a six month old baby, and he's 14, and he's like, motherfucker, right, right? Like he's like, she marries this lady, and then she has a kid, and there's a baby, and then everything's about the baby, and oh, then there's God. another kid, and then it's about the baby, the baby, the baby. So then the kids grow up, and they're like, you know, kind of being cool, maybe, and he's older, and then all of a sudden she has another baby, and then it's like the baby, <laughs> another. Ba- I'm never, no one ever listens. Me. No one ever cared. Dad, you never loved me. And he gets really angry and he plays all these games where he's shooting people up and all this stuff. So and I won't clean nine... my room. Well, yeah, I know. That's that's like, who does that anymore? But um, there, it was a nine millimeter. So there are 15 to 18 rounds or bullets in a nine millimeter. And he shot all five of them. Now, it was at like 1030 at night. So the <laughs> baby, I mean, shooting a baby is pretty easy, right? Because the baby's like there. I mean, it's obviously the hardest thing to do would be to shoot a baby. But if you're playing a video game where you hate everyone and you, <laughs> right, you go upstairs and you kill the baby first because that's easy. And then the other two kids and then you go downstairs and the parents are like, what happened? And then they, and I mean, I guess I don't know the circumstances. I'm just trying to put it together in my head as like a pathologist of like thinking about 14 year old boys. I've been watching too much Mindhunter. And <laughs> But I feel terrible that I'm there's some serious this. societal. It came in on CNN breaking news. A uh, 14 year old boy in Alabama, and that's, and it was an unregistered gun. So it was who was it? His dad's gun. Does the dad get tried too uh, for murder? But he can't because he's dead. He's dead. So it doesn't matter. Jesus um, Christ. And the kid's 14, and it's like. 
But okay, they're so they're not going to charge him as an adult. Uh, it's I who knows? It's Alabama. But that's if a nine millimeter gun is fifteen to eighteen bullets, and he killed five people. So this kid must be a pretty good shot. Or everybody was sleeping, and he was just like. Sounds like everyone was probably sleeping. And that's the craziest it's, way to kill people. That is the most coldest, craziest. Like, if you're, and then what? You kill the first person, then you're like, well, I already killed one. I might as well keep going. But for me, it's like. This is what's happening to children right now in the United States. And there's school shootings. There's kids orchestras. There's kids perpetrating murders. It's crazy. It's just, for me, it's like mind-blowing. It's scary. And super scary. Because, I mean, they have no... What is it that they, they're like, yes. I mean, you got to know when you kill people that you have to go to jail forever. So they're like, eh, I've watched jail shows on Netflix. It doesn't look so bad. Like, what are they thinking? I, I'm, I'm making stuff up, obviously. I, this is all fake news from my own head. But, like, what is a 14-year-old thinking when they like, shoot their whole family? psychological damage is this 14? Ugh. Right? I, got, I, I wonder if they were white. I mean, that's the thing. I don't, I don't sounds, know yet, but I'm gonna white. say, I'm gonna say, and it, the town was like 500 people in Alabama. T- oh, so like, and that's the other thing is the biological mom. Did she die? And did he meet this other lady, or is she still out there? And what's his relationship like with her? Because he's living with the dad, and they were well, the, he was living with the dad, and then now three step siblings. But you can imagine like the rage of a 14 year old boy in Alabama. Who, what else do they do in a town of 500 people? Is he not on the soccer team? Is he adore, Is he bull? Like, was he shunned? Was he shunned? Like, yeah. what's going on here? And, although, but then that's me being like, this: who is the person behind the... He killed his family. Like... And a baby. And a baby. Like, that's like... Then in this society, we go, that's not allowed. You can't do that. So do we... But then I also don't believe in math. I don't believe in incarceration. But I, I mean, but then I have to because you can't have, I mean, I would want to see, I would want to see like the, where it were the points in his life where things could have been changed where, I mean, is it as simple as if there wasn't a gun in the house, no one would be dead? It can't oh, yeah. be that. It's obviously not that simple. So if there was every- no gun in the house, they wouldn't be dead. Although, it's not a registered gun, and we do live in an age where, like, guns, 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 guns. So, we can't, can we blame the guns? It's a child with a gun. So, what I'm reading, I found the story. Um, the So, everyone did die. Um, damn. Right? And then, they still are, haven't established a motive yet. Um, but... He faces five juvenile courts of murder, pleading uh, the adjudicate adjudication process. Adjudication. And he's going He could word. face adult charges. Oh my god! Oh, lock the little fucker up. Well, I mean, thing, seriously. I guess. Do I mean? That, but then when they're children, so when? What was the moment in their child brain where things got fucked? Was it like? Was it? There's got there's other well, things that have to a, be going on. There was a story not too long ago about some kid murdering his dad because he didn't want to clean his room. Oh man. Yeah, seriously. So I mean, until they establish a motive, this is still a mystery. But it's. But you can me. guess, and all of the, my stuff was just speculation. I'm going to say it's something petty, because kids now are very petty. Really, and could it soft be as fuck. 
Like seriously, it could be like you know, like I said, we just read a story about some kid murdering his dad because he didn't want to clean his room, and then there's like um. I can't. But do they not know the concept of life? Are we not teaching children? Obviously, no- some of these parents are not. Is it the schools? I mean, oh, but well, should yeah, we yeah. in school be well, teaching them that people are, are, that your parents are people and people are people? The person sitting next you know, to you is a person. The education system is nothing to like count on. Yeah, but I mean, we have we have to. I coming back, coming back from, and they. I kept saying this is so idyllic. This is so amazing. And they're like, oh, idyllic is a word that comes from the Greek. Uh, but they they'd be like. No, there's fascism here too, and there's problems everywhere you go. And, and same with people in Amsterdam. They were saying, "Oh, you know, you think we're so free, but we're actually pretty uptight here." And but I'm looking at this going, the tolerance and how people treat one another is well, the guns too. <laughs> well, I never guns. felt unsafe. I never felt unsafe when I was in Europe. Not even once. Not on a ferry, not on a plane, not on a train, not in the middle of the city, not with a ton of people, not with just a few people. I hitchhiked in Greece. We walked single tiny roads in the middle of the night. We, we, people were so kind and generous and things were inexpensive and people helped you and it was amazing. Well, we, you didn't, it, you, in other words, you didn't have to worry about being a part of a mass murder. I never was afraid hitchhiking. In Greece, on the islands, I was not for a second. And here in in the United States, man, I'm afraid of getting into a lift. I'm like, what's gonna happen in here? I do, it's a lift, pool, Uber, a group. Oh shit! Um, or or no, you're walking down the street, dude. Things are getting scary. I was telling the audience earlier. I was on the bus, and a guy got on. And he was holding a tiny pickaxe. It was like the handle was like three feet long, and it had a, and it had like a chunky blade at the back and a big picky thing at the front. Wait, why was I that? I know what wait, the fuck. Wait, wait a minute. On Hold the on. back of the bus, he got up on the he got on the back of the forty nine bus. I was going down Van Ness. I was going to work, and uh, and he gets on oh, the bus serious? with this thing, and I was like. Oh, so scared. I just got up and I moved to the front of the bus because it was a 49, so it was really, really big. But he had hair like colored like a mermaid. Like it was sort of like pink and purple. And so I was like, what the? And a trench, he was wearing sort of a trench coat. Oh, God. And he got on. <laughs> the perfect and my, And I was, but the, it was just so funny because the, the thing I was thinking right before I saw that was, God, I have these shrooms in my purse. Should I take shrooms today? And then this guy gets on and I'm like, I should not be taking shrooms. <laughs> I would have freaked out if I was like a loose, if I was hallucinating too because that was real i didn't hallucinate anything there was a guy who looked no. like a mermaid wearing a, a trench coat and he came on with a tiny pickaxe and my immediate reaction was i am afraid get the fuck out of here and i almost got off the bus but then i was like Ugh, i don't want to be late so i just went up to the front of the bus because i figured if this wacko starts swinging around this pickaxe my head's not going to be in the way but it could you could kill somebody first of all why are they allowing someone Someone should have said, I mean... Who's they? I'm part of the they, but I'm not going to say, hey, dude, can you not bring a motherfucking no, pickaxe no, no. on the I back mean, of the 49? The, the, the bus driver. Oh, it was a like, big, long 49. Oh, so it was the second God. half. It was past the past the squirrely part. So that means now, you know what that means? Part. Someone can just get walk on the bus with a gun... Of course they could. And but do I'm not worried about guns. I'm worried about like fucking hammers. Like if someone starts swinging a hammer around on a I'm bus, about you can all. really sure. Well, and that was the thing that happened when we were we were in Amsterdam on like the first day, and we're sitting on this boat, and it was so nice. And we're like the parrots are flying above us, and we're in this canal and this park and Vondel Park and fucking near Vondel Park actually, but beautiful parks right there. And it's we're in, we're in Amsterdam, and Jonathan gets the news. 
and it's like uh, channels uh, on market in sixth. A person was just at 5:30 on a Tuesday just started shooting a gun into the air. On Market and 6th. And it's so funny because I'm usually there on Tuesdays for OMG. Open Mic Tuesdays, yes. Yeah, that's right It's right there on Market and 6th. And so a lady caught it with her cell phone camera. And you see it. And this guy is just like shooting the gun in there. Pop, 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 pop. And this other guy in front of him is kind of like just walking sort of normal. And it's like, what the fuck? But no one got injured. And the I'm surprised because when bullets go up, they also come down in 9.8 meters per second squared. A bullet could be coming down from somewhere and it can God. really, really hurt you. It could kill you. I mean, Jesus that's why it's Christ. dangerous at like holidays and stuff to shoot a gun in the air because the gun, the <sighs> bullet goes all the way up till it reaches terminal velocity or whatever and then it <laughs> comes back down. And so it reaches 9.8 meters per second squared and it's like going really, really fast. And if it hits you, you could lose a hand. I mean, there's, but that's why we don't shoot guns into the air. But so this person did that. And so that's the kind of news, that's the kind of shit that's happening here. And yet in Europe, I'm like totally not afraid. We walked through Vondel Park, this huge park. We walked home from this crazy uh, dumb and bass dance thing. It was from midnight to five at a place called Milkveg. It was so cool. And we were like, okay, well, we know where we know where we're living. So we leave at like 4 a.m. and we walk all the way back to the to the ship, to the to the boat. Not ship is is a sailboat. To the sailboat. And we weren't afraid, not for a second. We're walking through like this huge park in the dark, in the fucking morning. No worries whatsoever. And then we come here and I'm like I'm seriously scared to get on the bus and yeah. I'm like the feeling. And then I wake up and a kid has murdered his family and someone went to Dyke industries. I don't even know what that is, but it's funny to say oh, over yeah. and over and over and over. I, I love, I love the Dykes. I love, I, I don't like slurs and stuff, but I think they've regained it and taken it back. Have they, I don't know what words, who gets to use what words? I guess it's their <laughs> word. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, where's that story? I Everybody's just, just going to be like, her, her, her. this one I did read about the, um, 11, he, 11 stabbing, stabbing 11 people like not shooting florida man a, a mass stabbing now. mass stabbing i mean well that's the thing that's why i'm afraid of a mass hammering so i mean hammer time hammer time i mean <laughs> that could happen in oakland any day actually i fear less in oakland now than i do in san francisco which is san francisco's fucking nuts which, things are getting crazy oh yeah here workers stabs at least five people at florida industrial park uh, let's see. A suspect is in custody after multiple people were stabbed at a workplace in Tal- uh, an industrial park. Um, the stabbing at Dyke Industries around 1130 a.m. Uh, discover numerous victims. Jesus fucking. I Christ. know. Stabbing. One is in serious condition. Two patients are in fear. Two patients are good. All five are expected to survive. Oh, good. Who stabs? Now, that's the other thing. Is The suspect has identified as 41 Antoine Demetrius Brown. God damn it. Dang. I know what this means. And Antoine Demetrius, that's a black dude. Damn. Well, now we stab him. Now, no, leave that to the other palm, the lighter palm. Well, let's, let, well let's focus. Great. <laughs> but the 14 year old, I mean, he's at least 21. He was an adult, right? Or 41. 41. He was an adult. That needs, that must be, a, he must be disgruntled about yes, a job. Yes, I was going to say, yeah. this is a, a postal 
incident. And that's the thing is that in the United States, we have the term going postal. It's like a thing that exists in our slang, in our colloquialism. Well, Isn't that sad that like we have a term for somebody murdering people at work? Because it started at the post office. Which is a government institution. Yeah. So we are so like this sort of violence is so ingrained. It's look at the violence inherent in the system. It is so ingrained now that it is it's every but that people what do you think you're gonna get out of it i don't know by i mean you know you're gonna get caught right like what's the best that can happen you go to jail for stabbing five people like do you want to go to jail or some people just snap but i don't know like there was that one guy uh, a couple weeks ago that other mass shooting uh in odessa texas the crazy guy who went around like just going around shooting people and what have for you. no reason yeah well he come to find out he had lost his job so yeah he's he's mad because he lost his job and so just but random there, but, people yeah. on the street but there have been yeah see that's he, the he actually took thing. a he took a he um shot a cop Ugh. um and then he um they tried to catch him and then he got into a uh, murdered a, a post office worker and took her the postal truck and started killing people from the truck Whoa. and people outside a movie theater. Whoa. Like, yeah. It's so. like a movie. See, now that's the other thing that's crazy to me right now. People that sounds like a fucking movie. So does the kid killing his family. Like, but I only see. I'm really interested in the backstory of all that stuff. It's like why, and then but then it becomes. Not just that I'm interested in the backstory. How can we fucking stop it? When do we get to notice a pattern and Whoa. say, "Hey, we need to treat people better," or "This is these are the services we need to provide There's so that we don't have." Illness, are are we okay with just people? I mean, how much responsibility is it? Of no other countries have this. Like, where are the mass shooters in France? I mean, they do, uh, but not as much as we do. It's we, like we have we've had more mass shootings than we've had days. Like the violence is it is, and it's like from the seventies. The oh, I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Okay, well, don't get a gun. Don't like so fight against the system that is oppressing you. For I mean, how do we stop Donald Trump from stopping food stamps? Why would you cut off the food supply? To your people, unless you're going to, is he going to just round up all the poor people and send us to like work camps? Like, what's sound- going to happen? <laughs> it kind of sounds that like, way, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's like first I'm taking the brown people, and then I'm taking the poor people, and I'm sending them to these camps where we can make money off them. It sounds very similar to something that's happened in the past, but I'm surprised that we can't seem to learn. No, I, anything. This is why. The, the healthcare system, <laughs> we, we need it so bad. Well, do we, because, like, do we only take care of rich people, though? I think no, that we only. Re- that's yeah. Right. So yeah, we, we don't. Why would we? Why would we spend any money on the gross poor people? Um, I'm really upset too because everyone in Greece like had nice feet. I've come back here and I've seen some <laughs> really bad feet. I've seen some guys walking on Sixth Street with no shoes. I think like the problem is I don't have enough time. And maybe, maybe I do have enough time. Maybe I can be like, I'm going to start because today I just, I have, I go through shoes pretty quickly now because of the, because of working in a kitchen and I'm standing all the time and I'm running. So 
but I was like, oh, my back hurts and something. I looked at the bottom of my shoes and they're broken. They're like broken shoes. And so I'm like, oh, okay, good. Well, I have another pair of shoes because my friend gave me all these shoes. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want those shoes, but maybe somebody who doesn't have any shoes might want my broken shoes. My thing is like, can we, we can't, is there not a way to provide people's shoes? And I don't know how to go about doing that. I don't work at DSW. I, I don't even, what the fuck? Like, but there's people in our city right now that don't have shoes or a house. Right. But I mean, yes. Okay. But going up, there's a lot of people that are renting and getting forced out and they can't rent in the questionably house and the people that are actually living on the street and people are living on people's couches. All of these things are crazy. And that, that doesn't exist. I didn't see any, well, in Greece, you get to free camp. So there is no home. Like I was homeless in Greece. It was amazing. They had bathrooms for us and showers. They're like, you want to be homeless on our Island and buy beer and hang out? Of course. Wonderful. Please be here. It was amazing. I can't tell you the name of the Island because I don't want people to know. I'm not allowed to tell them. <laughs> I'll never I'll never divulge unless you're coming with me I told them though the, I'm like I'll be back next year they they were just it was amazing it was like I, I don't know I, I just I love Greece I want to live there and just the you people should, you might end up moving I might there end with- up I mean it depends what happens if if Donald Trump hates poor people so much like and he doesn't want my artistic abilities here like running community radio and free speech for people if he doesn't think that's a valuable community asset or an art or helping artists like hone themselves and become whatever they want to be you know but I especially believe in free speech but if he doesn't think that's valuable I think Greece might (laughs) there might be or even Amsterdam or something I mean it's an internet radio for God's sake it's you know I think things are going to get crazier and I think the fact of the matter is just like People are on edge. Oh, yeah. And I, it's really scary. Like, you know, I, even when I haven't been to, I just got back yesterday, but oh. even before that, you know, at work, I, I always like looking at different people because especially white straight males, I'm just like, you kind of look like you have that look in your eye kind of thing like should I watch it be cautious with you or like um or you know when someone's coming in the door yeah you know are they gonna come I've been worried about comedians at open mics because of the fight here I've been worried like oh my god am I gonna say something oh you didn't even see it on world star hip-hop no there was um a person uh a person that we didn't know his name at the time because he wrote down on the list, spelled his name differently, but his name was Jeff. He attacked uh, Capitol on stage. And we had all the video and everything. It went like viral on World Star Hip Hop. We had like 500,000 views. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, no, I didn't know about that. Yeah, the guy, that's why we have no window now. The guy who, on a, upon his exeunt from the building, he broke the window. I was here and I was a terrible. Um, scaredy pants you see me on the video the fight starts and i run out the door i'm like i'm i'm, I'm out the fucking You're building like- i don't want to get hit by a chair i don't want to get hurt i'm sorry i used to skateboard i've lost teeth i've been in car crashes i've broken my nose four times i don't want any more of that bullshit i don't want the random chair to be flying in the room into my face oh i lose an eye because the random chair ran into my eye. like all of that shit it's the same thing with like I, to me i think that's smart so that's why I'm i might like- get the fuck out of the building don't stand don't stand people a lot of people just stood there i'm like i'm out i was you know i'm scared i get away from the scary volatile situation also i didn't want to see my friends getting hurt i didn't like that 
Matthew Quirk held shit down like a rugby player, pushed the guy into the closet room. The guy's girlfriend came over and like he ended up kind of calmed down. He yelled some things about us being racist and terrible. And then he punched the window on his way out. And then he calmed down and said, hey, Pam, I'll pay for the window. I didn't know his name. I gave him 24 hours to like find me. I'm easy to find on the internet. Pam Benjamin, I'm the first one that shows up. You can look at Mutiny Radio. There are many ways to find me. There are many, many ways. I am not hiding from anyone. Like you could find my... My cell phone. I think I have my cell phone number on my Facebook. I, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, you want to find me? Find me. Fine. I don't care. But then I used to be that. Now I'm like scared. Okay. But so there was a big fight that happened. It was really scary. And um, and so it's scary to like think like I could be on stage and I could say something that could offend someone and they could jump up and attack me. That's fucked up. And, and I think that it's the same thing. I could be walking down the street on Market Street and a person could just pop, 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 pop with a gun. What? Or that a stabbing could randomly occur or a person could get on the bus with a hammer or... Or Bart actually could, someone got on the bus with a blade. With a pickaxe yeah. or a blade or someone could, you know, rob the bus or someone could... Oh, the the The... Bart tube could break underwater. Like I think about all kinds of terrible, horrible things happening all the time, but I hate, I don't personally, I've always been bothered by, um, movies where people commit. Well, anything bad that happens to people always makes me sad, but I can watch like a movie like volcano, but I can't watch a movie like Braveheart. Well, it's cause that's a natural disaster, but right. in contrast to man-made disasters right right that's that's something that could be avoided yeah because people are fucked uh yeah the the big thing that's gonna happen i found this very interesting um my jonathan's sister lives in newark new jersey and so to go into the city she has to take this specific train uh that goes and there's one tunnel for all these trains and the tunnel is like breaking and stuff and they had money for it, but then someone diverted the money and something happened. And so there's this crazy, like, bottleneck that occurs with trains underwater in between New York and New Jersey. And they totally need to fix this because it's electric trains underwater. Like, does nobody... Yikes. Right? Yikes. Has anybody figured out the scenario of, like, oh, the tube breaks... And why are, and, and you can't, after a while, when you built something a hundred years ago, you can't just patch it. You need to build no. something new. Like, Shh. I mean, these aren't Roman aqueducts. <laughs> they are, I don't think they're built like that. Jesus Christ. That's kind of scary. It's super. There's, well, there's all kinds of scary things happening with, I, I mean, there's the things so that, much scary stuff happening here. But the things that can be avoided, such as like the dude shooting his gun in the air. Yeah. Well, like that. You know, it's... The guns, I mean, okay, so NRA wants guns. Should we have guns? Should we not have guns? Like, at least make it... Let's make it really, 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 really difficult for people to get guns. Like, I would even say that... I mean, I'm... I would say that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an intellectual person, an intelligent person, but I don't think I'm a person that should be able to have a gun. Well, they should make it hard to get guns like it is harder for people to get home loans. Right, well... Yeah, maybe maybe if you have to go to a shooting range and you have to actually be trained how to use it safely. But because because when that's the thing is that all of our movies and all of our 
all of our media is like willy-nilly shooting guns wherever blah 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 blah. and that's really like you shoot your foot off you can like it's you You know i just i was jumping out of a car i was just reading something and they actually have banned like you know like certain like water guns and toy guns right they've banned those but we still have real guns Ooh. Is that really kind of ass backwards and fucked up? I mean, absolutely. Like, Can you put water? You can't put water in a in a gun, though. It doesn't work. Yeah. You can't put you water in put a real gun. In them. Just put bullets yeah. in them. Yeah. And not and bullets filled with, filled with water. Even rubber bullets can kill people. It just, I mean, it's just, it's so asinine. Like the fact of like, wow, water guns are pretty much banned, but we still have these real things that actually kill people. Yeah, and that we, I mean. Is it really easy for me to get it? I mean, it'd be an interesting test to see how easy it would be well, for me to for get a the, gun. The guy that... Um, it's hard in California, though, right? Because yeah. we're always triggered. Yeah. Well, you can always just go to Nevada, though. Ah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, even in Chicago, the reason why they they talk about the gun violence, it's... Illinois has a tough uh, gun law, but Indiana is just... Oh, they're willy-nilly with their guns. Yeah. Sure. That's where a lot of people... Because they're hunting. That's the thing, is that, like, can't there... Isn't there a way that we can distinguish that, you know, like, I guess because a gun can kill a large animal, we are a large animal. Yeah. So it's like, these are specifically deer guns. These are specifically rabbit and deer guns. And the guy uh, that in El Paso, Texas, he went to a gun show and got his gun. Yeah. And then I believe the guy in Odessa, Texas, God, Texas is on fire too, shit. Um, he, he, I think he got his from a gun show. I'm not 100%, but he tried to get a gun, but he couldn't. Something, something I have to read up about it. Doesn't it stand to reason that if we changed how cool people think guns are, that people would stop thinking guns are cool? Like, if we suddenly, as a group, were like, Guns are bad. No one gets any more guns. Would we prohibition and make it worse like we did in the 20s with alcohol? Or would we teach other generations in the future that guns are bad? I mean, but then we have all that. We have all the glorification of it. We have there's a whole video game industry that would be like, fuck your face, Pam. No, we're not demonizing guns because guns are everything. And first person shooter games are the hot commodity and so fuck your face i mean i think it's even beyond like i'm not even going to say video games because people play those same games around the world and how many that's true i mean do you have a bunch of mass shootings in japan they're playing the same games okay fair 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 argument it's just it's i mean i think yes i think prohibition doesn't work no I mean, yeah, I think we know prohibition doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> we know prohibition. I, I just, we're just a violent. Like this, this country was founded on violence, and oh. I find it. Ooh, I just find it that now, this along country with, was founded on violence. Yeah. the acceptance, the ex- of acceptable. Latoya, you just opened my eyes. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. This country was founded on acceptable violence. It's okay yeah. to commit violence to these people because they're this. It's okay to commit violence to these people 
because they're because yeah. the, these are the this is the red man. He's not a man. He's the he's red a savage. Man. He's a savage. Yeah. You're allowed to commit violence against them. These but, are look at these. These are black, slaves. These are they slaves. are people. They're, they're not people. They're property. You're allowed to commit crime. It isn't a crime if you do that because you're allowed to commit violence. That is crazy. These violent delights come to violent ends. Yeah, and they didn't have I, video games. I've never <laughs> thought about that, that our country was founded. On violent. I mean, we're just a violent culture, but on, I think we're just getting worse. Co- and manifest destiny. That is a violent act. That is saying from what, from as far as we see is now ours, not that anything could have belonged to anyone else. It's a violent act. It's a stealing of the earth. It says, this is mine now. I own you. Right. And... Wow. I mean, that's... Ownership is violence. That's what this country is. I mean, and now with things like... Wow. If, you know, if even if we go into the political territory, you know, you would think those cult 45 members would be a little bit happy that, hey, you won, but they're even more agitated and want to murder more people. Like most of these mass shootings this year are like basically white supremacy. Really? Yeah. And, you know, the guy in El Paso, Texas, wanted to murder those people because he knew there was a bunch of brown people there, you know. You know, we'll talk about the dude in, what is that, in um, Charlotte, uh, that Dylan Roof dude, you know, but that was like four or five years ago, but still. But all... Just even talking about this year. It's insane. Yeah. People so, people over in Europe were like, what is going on over there? I'm sure and I they like, asked you. Mass chaos. And I was like, we hate the 45. We don't even like to say his name. We... I have a jacket. I didn't bring my jacket to the islands because it was too hot to bring a fuck Trump jacket. It didn't need it. The islands were hot. Um, but so I didn't need to profess my hatred for what's happening to our country and the leadership that is making that and saying that it's okay. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's, he's actually even, I mean, it's always been there, but now it's just like, now it's, he's it's, making it okay. It's, it's he's okay. like, I could shoot somebody and it doesn't even matter because yeah, I can get away yeah, with anything. Exactly. I can shoot but, someone on fifth Avenue. But we're not going to impeach. I mean, we can, we can look at his tax records. We can see that he's been bringing people to Mar-a-Lago as a president with government funds, he's been making money off his position as president. Mm-hmm. It is a hundred percent impeachable. It's absolute. It's in. It's in the laws of impeachability of how you can impeach a president. They cannot use the office for their personal financial gain. And his 2018 taxes from New York that have not been released yet will show that he made a shit ton more money in 2018 than he did in 2017. And I'm just surmising that the reason that he won't let his taxes go is because that's how we can impeach him. Because it's the only way to show is through the taxes. That's how they got El Capone. That's how they get all the smart guys that think they're above the law. They get them through the The taxes. taxes. And, oh, he went... You can't charge the president of a crime while there, but we can impeach yes, him. We can. haven't. No, you can't. It's illegal to charge the president of an actual. So we can't charge him for rape while he's or murder. Right. While he's the president, but we can impeach him and then charge him. So if he gets elected for a second term, that means that we cannot try him for any of the crimes that he's committed. That clearly there's a reason why he's hiding things and and diverting things. And it's and that we let this tyranny stand this he is a, the new dictator and how much longer will free speech last how much longer not, will this last not, not long i, I, I mean especially i hope like, it does i mean if he gets a second term 
because I'm trying to still be optimistic about things that this will be it. Um, but well, the, the way things are looking in the political game of people who are running, um, the DNC is putting their money on Joe Biden for some reason. Wow. And, but I mean, I'm going off on a tangent, but I mean, it's all, it's, it's, all related. It's, it's, you know, with him, with 45, you know, with the economy now. So they're saying that we might go into recession. So that means more desperation with people, yeah. which me, which causes more violence. Absolutely. You know, because people don't think they have anything to lose because, and because we've built them up with our credit card companies. Now I'm very lucky. I don't feel like I have a lot of scaredy debt things. And I know that there are hundreds of thousands of dollars over people's heads with student loans. Sometimes I have a friend who went to college and didn't graduate and she still owes money for student loans for a school. She didn't even get a degree from. Oh, yeah. There's that happening. There's people with fifty, hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars of of student loan plus then they have credit card debt. So if you're a person that has thirty thousand of credit card debt, and then there are even people who have bought homes, so they have mortgages. Now if that person who has a mortgage and has student loan debt and has credit card debt and has a family and a kid, this whole dream, this American dream that we fucking sold them and they lose their job. What do they have to lose? What do they have to lose? And what do they have to lose? Desperate times call for desperate measures. What do they too? have to lose? Yeah. And I know that you can't get, you can't get insurance. I think from a suicide. I think that's a thing. Um, <laughs> but the insurance I mean, money. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how that all works. And then tie that into any kind of white supremacist ideology. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like you know, instead of you taking responsibility for like you know maybe something that happened to you at your job. They're going to take, they're they taking took my, they right, took, they my, took job, my job or, you know, it's so because these, yes, it's, it's always someone else's fault that no, it's not taking responsibility for your own, for what's happening yeah. because a lot of times people lose jobs because they, I don't know, drunk texted their boss, something stupid right. or I mean, showed up to work drunk I or mean, didn't is, show up to work. And most of the time what it is, it's these, the corporations that are taking your jobs, but they're taking the, the whole way that I guess I, I'll say like a lot of the Republican, well, majority of Republican party will say is that they're the ones taking your job rather than letting the truth of actually we're taking your job and we're giving it elsewhere right. well to a computer because or, no one needs to we found out that facebook works itself and we don't need to pay you to look at facebook all day i think a lot of this is cutting the chaff out of the elite techie scum like the people that are you know well, there's a lot of people okay so there's people that actually write code and know how to make computer things happen and then there's a lot of people in rooms sending memos around being on facebook networking sending emails doing a lot of nothing there's a lot of people who make a lot of money doing nothing and if those people have to be cut out I mean, it's going to be difficult for them because they've got a house and a mortgage and everything. But if socialism works, then those jobs aren't needed. Yeah. <laughs> There's another job for you. There's another thing you can do. Absolutely. Your skills and you could actually be working. Well, I'd like to people, I'd like to see people do a little more labor. And well, this is why like, you know, a lot of these people, especially like in the coal country, they think that they're going to get their jobs back when in actuality, a lot of, uh, 
some of the you know like i, I believe is the obama administration were trying to get more people in the solar yeah. uh, industry because all that coal shit is dead, dead. and then so well, that's what god that's, bless it make it die and then you know the idea that 45 was going to bring it back oh, but actually god. more places have closed under his administration you know well when are we going to learn that i mean it it doesn't it doesn't take like a super geologist to know that there's stuff that it's going to run out. And the more that we, the fracking is terrible. We can't do it anymore. Right. That it, there are costs. I think that corporations don't want to go back into that because they know the costs of what it does, not only environmentally, but they're getting charged because people are starting to say like, no, you can't destroy our water source. And so they can't. So they're like certain, I think it's not, it's, not cost effective anymore maybe to run everything off coal yeah i mean it's just it's oh this was a theory i came up with and i'm very excited about it (laughs) everybody's been you know oh abraham lincoln he freed the slaves what a great guy and all this now (laughs) i present that the only reason that lincoln got behind freeing the slaves was economic because the people in the north the people in the north who had all their businesses and they're like, wait a minute, why do we have to pay for labor and you guys don't have to pay for labor? Screw you. It That's was not economic. So it had nothing to do with It technically did not have at, anything that, to do with, with slaves. That's that, with, something that the educational system has pounded into our head. No, seriously. It was kidnapped not, people were not the whole thing is everyone goes like Abraham Lincoln, what a champ. He freed the slaves and all and it's like he it was didn't about economics. Yeah, it wasn't about like there are people who are being mistreated and abused and this is human rights issues and this is not cool and this is America and we won't stand for these human rights issues under our watch. No, it wasn't that at all. But we're sold that. Yeah. That's what we're sold. Exactly. When we should be sold, no, it, this is still the problem that we didn't see them as people. It was an economic route and they're like, well... All right, we'll let them be people. We'll let them be people. I, yeah, exactly. Like what? Um, and that it had it didn't have to do with the intrinsic value of human life no. uh, or worth. It had to do with economics. economics. And that was only 155 years ago. Uh, and it blows my mind. And so we're supposed to catch up to that. Like, okay, you're free now. So economically, it's just like, okay, we're we're all we're all the way back at the start line. Well, white America is way ahead. Right, and the same thing with, hey, immigrants, come, 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 do free labor, free labor. But no, no, not anymore, not anymore, not anymore. That's what it feels like now. Like, America's like, we've built itself up enough. We don't need that. But it's like, we don't have, it's the, it's the entitlement. I always go back to the entitlement of Americans. We need to start being a little more socialist, needing a little less not having any the first way to start is like by not having any more hoarders we should not have we should not have a disease based (laughs) on our excess when we could live with so much less and and be i mean i lived out of a backpack for a month in a tent most of the time and in we I've never been happier. I mean, we had the best. When we were in that tent on that island that I cannot disclose and didn't have to worry about anything, and everybody was so cool, and then there was the water, and you were laying around, and you could sleep, you could read a book, you could drink, you could swim, you could look at fish, and you could just talk to people, hang out in a hammock. Like, listen to me. I mean, it's cool that they had, like, 
music and internet and all that stuff too. Wi-Fi. We didn't figure out they had Wi-Fi until like three days in. We're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. We're in a tent. But I mean, I don't know. It just, and everyone was, there was a very communal sense of what was happening there with the camping and the coolness and so you were saying earlier about they were asking you people were asking you like oh yeah like what the fuck is going on over yeah people were saying basically what the fuck is going on in the united states and i my thing was like well you know it's burgeoning into fascism i gave them my little story about you know the the germans weren't all nazis there were a lot of 90 percent of the germans were cool people they didn't even know what was going on some of them and all of a sudden it's like what but it's the same way like we're Americans and we're like we don't know what's going on but we kind of do I mean we know what's going on we know that the ice is detaining children we know that ice is showing up at graduations and taking people away we know that we know what we know that we're they're taking they're taking brown people and questioning them they're asking for their papers that things that we thought were so abhorrent four years ago in Arizona are now happening everywhere and and we were a country that's built on immigrants. So which immigrants get to come and which don't. And especially people who've lived here for 30 years and they have kids. You're sending them away. You're putting... What? And the kids that were... I don't know. It just all... The immigration stuff just boggles me. And I feel like that's sort of... We're doing sort of a concentration campy kind of thing. Oh, it, no, it is. And, no, you're absolutely right. It and is. it's it's gross. And it's I don't know if we're making them work, too, if it's like a workforce labor. But it's certainly the, the food is terrible. and They don't have any freedom. And the country's Some based on freedom. Some people not, like, haven't been able to shower. I've heard now, like, I think there's in the, in the children's one, you know, sexual assault. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's been seven kids that have died. In desperation, terrible things happen. Kids are scared. They're away from their parents. Right. You know, it's... But they, you know what it sounds like? They're breeding them to become mentally broken. Maybe, because then... But then if we're sending them back to the country they came from, why would we want to do that? I, I just think that, like... It's I don't not know, logical. We need to think, it's not logical. We need... A big change, and people keep saying, "Why are we talking about the election when it's 14 months away?" No, because this is really fucking important. It is. Um, I should tell you my new joke, and then we should take a break and maybe go get some coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so this is my new joke. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> I came up with it um, in the airport in Frankfurt uh, on the way home, and I used it in New York, and it was. I'm very proud of it. Okay. Uh, Who's who's gonna run against Trump in 2020? Who's gonna run? You know who I want to see run? Forrest Gump, right? right. Forrest Gump. I was running for president. You know the AIDS. <laughs> He'll figure out the whole AIDS thing because he misses Jenna so much. But can you imagine like Trump versus Gump running? It's it, we, they're very similar, right? They're both businessmen. Facts. Yeah, except that you know, bubblegum shrimp still exists. Uh, That's true. They both, they're both dudes with special needs. I mean, <laughs> Trump reads and writes at like a second grade level, right? And they're both fictional characters. <laughs> except I believe in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Right. At least that guy went to war. 
Ooh. Yeah, Trump. Yeah, what's where and where's he gonna run with those bone spurs? He can't run anywhere. Ooh. Oh, that fat McDonald's eating fuck. Yeah, that's my new joke. Like Isn't it. that fun? I bone like spurs it. running. <laughs> I got the Forrest Gump thing in there. I, I, he actually went to war. Yeah, I love that joke. I love it. I think it's clever. I did it in New York. Um, this was an exciting thing before we take our break. When I was in New York, I got booked at a real Broadway club. It's a um, Broadway comedy club, and. I did five minutes. It was a hot five and I was so happy and the audience was laughing so much and it was so great and I was just like so on fire and so high about it. And guess what? What? They taped me. I didn't even know they taped me. They gave me a tape. And I am so happy. Maybe when we come back, we'll watch it. I'm so happy that... Somebody taped me when I wasn't watching and it looks really good. Well, it's kind of a bummer because the guy before me opened the curtain because he was kind of playing with the curtain. So it really annoys me that behind me the curtain is open. I'm like, God damn it. But... It's great for applying to festivals and stuff because it's five minutes long. I'm really funny. Everyone's laughing. It's at a real comedy club. The sound is great. And I'm, I have a really good set. So that was like a highlight for me at the end of the trip. And then, but then to come home and find out they made a tape. <laughs> Cause the reason I always suck on tape is that I know I'm being taped and then I get really self-conscious and totally crazy. And I talk like all crazy weird. And I look at the camera and I'm like, Rah! and I like, I like get like, I freak people out in there. And cause it, anyways, so, should we go get some coffee? Coffee time. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll and, be then back. We, and then we have to talk about, you know what today is, right? Today is 9 11. It's my favorite number. Yeah. Um, and years ago, we've done some, you can go back to some 9 11 uh, podcasts where I got into it years ago and I was reading all of the first person narratives. The New York Times published them. Look them up. There's over 400 of them. And it is chilling to realize from the first person narrative there's only way to piece it together is that it was an inside job and that people were needlessly murdered for money in the in, in the United States and uh, even if you go back and look at Donald Trump he he calls in on that day and says that he thinks it's obviously a controlled demolition I know demolition no one knows demolition like I know demolition and that building was demolished so and now I'm, he has the tallest building yeah so it's you know will uh, you know think about it today never forget that and i and i'm it is incredibly awful that so many americans had to die and not americans let's just say people so many people um so many humans had to die for no so that for economics for for large-scale politics and economics it's like um human bodies used as collateral it's a what do they call it like collateral damage it's um and it's not. They're human lives and we should value them. I mean, or maybe we shouldn't. That's the thing. We either value them or we don't. People either have intrinsic value and they have meaning and they think they're important or they're not. We can't be on both sides and be like, well, some people are better than other people. People are people or they're not. And so pick a side of the fence and um, care for your fellow humans. <laughs> I, I mean, do or, or, and, but then what do I do? I walk across the homeless people every day. So I'm the biggest hypocrite of all. No, you're not going to go out and shoot a gun in the air and, no. you know, or murder anyone. No, and I'll give a I'll murder give your a hungry. family or some shit like that or go on a mass stabbing. No, I'm, and I'll give a hungry person a piece of pizza. So, yeah, that's we're OK. Uh, we're hungry people. We're going to go get a cup of coffee. coffee. We'll be back here on the AltaCast.
for God. I, I don't I don't know who's 
pseudo run in 2020. I don't know how you guys feel about it, uh, but I'd like to see Forrest Gump run, right? Gump versus Trump, yeah. I mean, they're both businessmen. They're both have special needs, right? They, they're both fictional characters, but I believe, I believe in Forrest Gump. I mean, he went to war, and where can Trump run? He can't run, that McDonald's even fuck, he can't run at all, like, anywhere. Uh, I, I, have, I have some needs, guys have been trying to stick their balls in my mouth since 2000. And so, you know, I have, maybe if you could dip your nutsack in some marshmallow fluff, chocolate chips and the other ball in graham cracker crumbs. I mean, if I'm gonna have your sweaty nutsack in my mouth, at least I'd like it to taste like summer camp. S'more <laughs> dick, please! S'more oh, dick! I, I, have a, I have a fantasy about being with an uncircumcised guy because I want to pull up his dick and I want to pull his foreskin up over his dick and I want to put whiskey in his foreskin. <laughs> Toya said that was actually really good, so that's good. Yay! It was a really good set. It was yeah. a great. It was in New York. It was uh, what I think was a great set. I'm really well pleased done. with it. I'm, I'm I'm excited to send it around. I have no fear of anyone watching that. I feel like any person could watch that, and the only critique they could give me would be, "Geez, you got to slow down and wait for laughs." But it's because I was trying to get through all my material. Because you know you only had a short period of time. Because I knew I only had a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and the audience in New York, I think, is much better. Well, you know, uh, they're, they're they all paid. Crowd. They were there. You know, the, the difference is, the difference is, is that they were all, they all paid money to be there. They all paid 25 bucks to sit in the seats. They all spent 10 bucks a drink. They all knew that they were in. It was a full room, and they all knew they were in for comedy at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. So everyone knew what they were getting into. Oh, and also, too, if you... New York is a tough crowd anyway, so if you can make people laugh in New York, then you can do it anywhere. Yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel really, really good about that set, and I feel really great about um, showing that video. I feel like I look cute. I feel like I look super cute, and um, my I look really tan because I just come back from Greece. And that's the other thing. I hadn't performed. I had performed in an open mic the night before and an open mic the the morning, the day before this sh this show, but I hadn't performed in a month, and I fucking killed it. I knocked it out of the park. I was like, oh my god, and that they filmed it. I'm so happy because I feel like what I can learn from that is, if you have a big audience, slow down. But I was just, I wanted to get through my material, and that's actually what the host said. He goes, God, you're really funny. He's like, and he's like, he said, I'd love to be on a show with you when you do that set over eight minutes and I was like I know I, I thought I was getting eight and then I only got five and so I rushed yeah I mean I knew I rushed you can tell him but for for a festival or a like a something applying I feel like people are laughing you can tell that I'm funny I have so many jokes that you can't even laugh at all the punchlines <laughs> you miss some of them because you're it sounds good it's a good video except for the curtain being open everything else is great yeah 
And I'm excited to start applying to things and being like, look. You got yourself a nice video. I do finally have a nice video. I'm, I'm excited to like send it to bookers and say, hey, I'm funny. Like, I Book promise me. you. Book me. I wear dresses. I can. I can look real cute. I mean, I can. My the part on my hair was a little weird. I didn't know I was going to be filmed. I would have, I would have been. It's, it's better that you don't know. It is better, but I, you said it'll throw you off. It, yeah, it it absolutely would. I'm still looking for this video. Oh right, yeah. Well, it was it it got over five hundred thousand views, but it was at the beginning of August. So another thing that we did, we didn't do a lot of uh, museums in Amsterdam. We did a couple because uh, we were there for a, a week in total, five days at the top and two days at the end. But we did go to the Museum of Prostitution, and I found it very, Ooh. very interesting and quite amazing, some of the history of prostitution. Now, I am 100% proponent for legalization of prostitution in all of the United States. I think it'll, I think it'll keep a lot of women and and sex workers that aren't women, any sex workers, it's going to help keep them safe. And I think that safety is of the utmost importance. I think that people getting diseases is a problem. I think people getting murdered is a problem. I think that even I watched one of those serial killer things and like his justification behind it was like, I killed 18 women, but they were all prostitutes. prostitutes. And so I was doing, I was doing the Lord's work basically, Lesser than. which is, which is terrible because why is that particular form of labor not valued to some other form of labor? It's the same thing. Why is picking strawberries not valued as much as passing around memos <laughs> or cleaning houses? Now, the one thing I do get are doctors because they have a specialized, not only knowledge, but praxis what they put their knowledge into practice and it's really specific and we need them to know it so that we don't die sometimes yeah. so we put a lot of faith and trust in them and this there's a lot of, but do we really need insurance no i mean no we don't actually so this is interesting the dutch actually started a sort of form of insurance when the dutch were they're amazing sailors they were great shipbuilders and they were moving around the world um from the Netherlands to all these places that they colonized and they made a lot of money building ships for everybody. And they, they were capitalists. They were like, they'd sell to the Spanish and sell to the Portuguese and be like, fight each other, use our ships. We don't care. Thanks for paying us. So they were, but they used to do a thing when they were moving, when they had ship businesses that were moving things from place to place from say, you know, like in anywhere they're going to the new world. They could be going somewhere in Europe. They're sailing goods somewhere. And the Dutch people, cause they moved, they did a lot of that transportation. So they'd get together with other families or other groups and they'd share the burden. So they'd have, uh, it's the idea, it's the reason why they say, um, do you want to go Dutch when you okay. go out to dinner? Because you split, split it. it but it's, so what oh. they do though is like five groups together would each have a boat and they take their whole load and they, they divide it between the five boats. And then let's say one boat sinks. Well, then they still have the other four boats and everybody gets the money from all the four boats. And, or if it gets, if one gets raided by pirates, well, at least you have the other three and that's how they, so they, they cut their losses. They wouldn't like, they could, it could be amazing. All five could get through, but they'd be like, Hey, as a group, as long as three get through, we're doing good. And they still pooled their wealth. And so they were sort of the start of capitalism in sort of that way. Um, here going on playing another song. So the Dutch were really amazing people and they had a lot of money and they also they were like prostitutes. Yes, they, they did, but they like safe prostitutes. So I was going to read a tiny bit from this. I have to get my old lady glasses. 
Aren't don't they have um also to their um aren't they also in Amsterdam? I've been to Amsterdam one time, but they have uh, it's going a little bit off topic, kind of. It's all good. They have like the the safe injection sites too. There, right? They oh, have I'm sure illegal, they do. Like legalized drugs. Um, no, they, no. I mean they've. They, I'm thinking more they're Portugal. Funny, they're funny about marijuana in that you can buy. You can. There are certain bars that let you consume it, but those bars don't sell, sell it. Some of them do sell it, but then you. It's so weird. It's it's very strange. But they're just they're very tolerant, and that's that's great. Um. So, since, uh, since the beginning of days, Amsterdam has been a trading city with a large port. As early as the 14th and 15th century, sailors who were waiting for their ships to depart roamed to Wallen. Looking for enjoyment, both beer and women were readily available in the bars and inns, providing them with all they wanted. Prostitution itself was legal at the time, although visiting a prostitute officially was not. That changed... When at the end of the 16th century, Amsterdam became Protestant. The new city council forbade prostitution. The politicians threatened men who visited whores with severe measures and ladies themselves with expulsion. But as often the case in Amsterdam's history, the threats proved to be mainly verbal. In daily, in daily life, a blind eye was turned to what was going on in the red light district. And in the next proper, prosperous 17th century, the Golden Age even saw a rampant growth in prostitution. An estimated thousand women were selling physical delights for live. For a living in these years, especially at the end of the summer when the sailors returned from their long, boring, and lonesome journeys to the East Indies, they were much in demand. While making good money, there was a big problem, raging sexually transmitted diseases like gonorrhea and syphilis. These were not seldom fatal. Uh, so then, but this is the interesting part that they... Um, the start of the 18th century saw a wave of strict morality and intolerance, people protesting against sin and loose sexual morals. Society became more prudish and stringent action was taken against prostitution. Not for long, however, since the second half of the century welcomed new professional approach toward the profession. Large, wonderfully furnished brothels opened up to be recognized by the red-colored lanterns by the door. The occupation of the Netherlands by the troops of Napoleon from 1795 onward meant a new phase for the red light district altogether. Although predominantly aimed at fighting sexually transmitted diseases, Napoleon introduced a kind of legalized prostitution. <laughs> Yay, Napoleon. A prostitute had to report to police twice a week for a medical checkup. The healthy ones would be given a red card and could continue doing their jobs. In the case of disease or infection, they were given a white card stating the name of the illness and where provided and were provided with free treatment. In the meantime, though, working was not allowed. This policy continued even after the French left the country in 1813. By that time, the number of prostitutes in Amsterdam had increased dramatically. In a letter to the Dutch King Willem I, dated 1816, there was talk of more than 3,000 women working the streets of De Wallen. So that's like that's the history. That's cool. Yeah. And so then it became like totally tolerated and now it's like a real this it's really interesting the museum of prostitution because they bring you into like they took an old prostitution room hotel place and they like walk you through it and show you all like this is this is the suite suite this is the other thing this is a room this is what it's like they let you be in the window and it's it's weird and cool and it's a real job and there's ladies that talk on the thing they're like it's a great way to make money. I don't have a problem with it mor morally. And she said, she said it's really safe here. The only you can, they can pay and then you can stop at any time. And that's totally fine. And she said one guy, it's funny. Listen to a woman Inga the whole time, uh, talk you through it. 
on this little hearing thing. And she's like, one time his feet smelled so bad. <laughs> I told him, no, you go to get out. And so she wouldn't do anything with him because his feet were so gross. She was like, take, go wash yourself. This is disgusting. So that's a good thing because that means he probably didn't wash his ass. Mm. He probably didn't take care of himself. Exactly. So if, yeah. This isn't like, that's the whole thing is prostitution in Amsterdam isn't like, you know, like, you're in the tenderloin around the street corner and you go into an alleyway. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where it's, <laughs> I was going to go with No, it's not that. like yeah. that at all. It's not like, it's not like... I'll suck your dick in the alleyway. Right, it's not dirty, scary. It's like, there are people providing a service. And, like, I get it. There's guys... I mean, I've been... I was solicited for sex in a bar not too long ago by a dude, an old African-American gentleman. And I was like, I'm not, you just saw me come off stage. I'm a stand-up comedian. I am not into, I'm not, I don't have sex for money. I'm not, I don't have sex for money. He was like, I could really, I could really take care of you. I'm like, no, no 70 year old, nice gentleman. No, I don't know if you think like, I know I'm a woman of simple means, but a little Debbie Debbie snack cake is not going to cut it as like, I'm going to take care of you. Like, I, and and I'm just, I'm only into like, um, I mean, I, when we were on vacation, I, 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 you know, I'm not, I don't really, I find, well, okay. So, you know, my history, um, Jonathan has started performing some oral sex on me and so now I'm not so squeamish about going down Yay. on him. Yes. So I'm a little less squeamish. But so like it's um and it's not I mean that was the whole thing for me. I'm like I'm not gonna suck guys' dicks if no one ever goes down on me. Fuck they're not gonna work. I'm not gonna work. Fuck that. <laughs> it's really more like a work situation. Like cause it's I mean it can be fun if they're get if they're like like it a lot or they're really getting into it and it's like look what I'm but no more of this seventies person like I have sex with my husband because I'm supposed to and I've never had an orgasm it's like none of no it's, that's not dudes don't just get to waltz on in to, it was so funny too like um oh I was thinking about like good looking guys and something and telling uh Americans that they're just like you're you're fat schlubby dude who plays video games like what do you expect what are your expectations of women like Especially when, or if you look like an incel, right? <laughs> then people get mad and they're like, "Women do," and it's like, "Well, I'm gonna go on a rampage and shoot women now." And we're pe- actually, I mean, everyone's happens. I know, isn't that? Because I hate rejection. It, I talked to this one woman in Amsterdam who was very, very sweet, and there was this guy who came up and he was asking for money, and she was very, very, very sweet to him, and I, I was like, "Wow, you had a really a long conversation with him," you know, and I wouldn't really wouldn't really do that and she's like you can't be afraid of people they're just people and I'm like maybe here in Amsterdam but in the United States I'm not gonna go around and be having big old deep conversations with people on the I mean I guess maybe because it's an anomaly in Amsterdam and I only saw like two questionably housed people that I don't even know they just kind of had guitars and were sort of going around asking for money and stuff but coming back just even walking from Powell back to our apartment through the Tenderloin, it was like, wow. Did you, you're like, oh, this is, this is home? Yeah, I mean, I was excited to come back and everything, but I have been living with a lot more fear because I'm, I reckon, 
my, the veil was sort of lifted that I've been too tolerant of the squalor and atrocity and violence that we live in every day. I've, I've just sort of, it's become part of my, like, well, that's reality, so that's just what it is kind of thing. And then going away and seeing how life could be when people are just even a little bit nicer to each other. And in a different way, like Jonathan got real mad in Greece because Europeans don't wait in lines. They don't really believe in lines. It's like, there's the entrance, do your best. And if someone smooshes in front of you, then they must have wanted it more than you did. It's a very different mentality. Because we're like, just be patient, wait your turn. That's not the way it works in Greece. No, it's, it's not the way it works. You get your way up to the front, you get into that bus. If there's a bunch of people, you fucking get... The, and the ferry, when you're on a ferry, all bets are off. Humanity out the window. We were all cattle getting onto a ship. Get your Try to get the best space you can. Um, get in where you fit in. Get in where you fit in. Although I, I did really... I. Next year we won't we won't do the 15 hour ferry from Athens to this one particular island was a 15 hour ferry ride. Jesus. So you basically kind of slept on the ferry? Yeah, we tried. I mean, I did. I did fine because I can sleep anywhere and also I brought some Xanax so I was like Xan out. I was done. I watched a few fucking things we downloaded on Netflix and I was like and even I started talking to Keith and I'm like Keith oh my god I used my ex-husband's name in exchange for I was talking to Jonathan and I was like I was like oh I get all funny when I'm on Xanax I'm like like I get real just like super like I'm on a different plane of existence so I slept just fine in my like airplane chair even though it was super cold um I don't know why they keep it so cold in there. It's ridiculous. But Jonathan had a much harder time. And then this guy in front of him started snoring like he was going to die. And he was big. <laughs> and one of the chairs was sort of broken. And I was like, we can lay on the ground. But I'm too old to lay on the ground. It was a little more difficult than... I mean, it's fine. But so next year, we didn't realize that these islands are super close to Turkey. And so um, we, we'll want to meet our friend, Nikos. But he's in Athens. So instead we might, I want to go to, maybe he'll want to join us in Turkey. I'm really interested to go to Turkey. I'm really interested, especially to do seaside towns in Turkey, because I feel like they'll be very similar to Greece, but very different. And I love those seaside towns in Greece. I I want, I've always wanted to see Istanbul. I think not Constantinople. No, it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Uh, The whole concept that the city has been around and has been like the hub of so many world powers mm-hmm. for hundreds and hundreds of years and that the different architectures are there. And I mean, I also really enjoy, I learned on this trip that uh, Muslims don't have any pictorial representations of anybody in their mosques. That's why they have such beautiful architecture and tiles and forms is that it's all really intricate shapes and beautiful things instead of like in the 1300s, Jesus was here or whatever. <laughs> and all of those pictures of baby Jesus looking sort of fat with a crown around his head and mother Mary and these other things. And there's Peter and there's crosses and there's like demons and weird, none of that sort of fantastical biblical pictorial humanism is there it's all just shapes which makes more sense and colors yeah and it makes more sense if you're trying to commune with a divine being that it wouldn't that it would be something that was not that not something you could pictorially represent yeah not a, a a person right 
Oh, yeah, by the way, you probably don't know this. I'm going to um, Portugal next month. Holy shit. Yeah. Rad. Yeah, so. What's happening? Why, how did that come about? Uh, basically, I, we need a vacation. Yeah, like no. I need like a so when you went vacation. to Chicago, it was just for fun. It's not. It's it was, family. That's it was. Not, fa- it was family and friends. That's not like vacation. Yeah, and a lot of drinking. Oh, yeah. and drugs. Uh, but this is going to be a real vacation. So Portugal. Yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to do that, and I'll be gone for two weeks. So awesome. I'll be able to have another nice European experience, and then come back here and probably be disappointed. And then be super disappointed with what's happening. <laughs> I know, seriously, dude. It was. It's been really disappointing. Like, this is it. This it's is just, how we. This is how we live. It's like got to look over your shoulders, like constantly, like, all right. Oh, I can't wait to go back. I mean, I really want to go back in in August just to see the people see the drink team on the island but Jonathan said oh August is going to be the most difficult for me and I'm like August is the best for me and he's saying like July but I think it's going to be too hot in the islands in July I think August is the prime time and just recalling your options earlier in the beginning of the summer of let's see should I babysit these right at Burning Man Burning Man or Greece, which of course the Gre- the Grecian vacation yeah, much better. It, we honestly didn't. Oh, I got a new tattoo in Amsterdam. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, my friend Jenner. It was not too long ago, a couple months ago. We were sitting on the back patio and we were talking about things, and I was like, "Because a, a Cerebus is a three-headed dog that guards the gates to hell in mythology." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, it'd be great if you drew a three-headed cat like a catabus," and then she did. And she gave it a little snake toy tail because the Cerebus has a snake tail, but she made it a cat toy. And um, it's I just think it's so funny. So I got it tattooed on me by my friend Pete Duddington in Amsterdam because he moved there two years ago to be a tattoo artist. And he's over there being wildly successful and having a great time and living in Amsterdam. So he did my tattoo for me. And I'm so happy because it's like it kind of looks like Spike. Um, in the front and my I had another cat named Boba Fett who was an orange boy and then this little one on the side looks like Zerdon we gave him little stripedy faces it's like and no he's not dead yet he's obviously still alive oh my god this was the best thing about vacation so we came back from holiday and our cat someone replaced our skittish weird kind of standoffish cat with a much nicer sweet snuggly appreciative letting me hold him like a baby cat like he I don't know who replaced our cat with a better cat, but wow, I never thought you could teach a cat a lesson, and we certainly did. I don't think that people should abandon their children, but we abandoned our cat for a month. We didn't abandon him. We left four highly qualified people living in the house to take care of the cat. The cat fucking loves us. He's sleeping in bed with us, getting up on the couch of his own volition and snuggling with me. Like, totally new cat. Like, who are you? Who are you? Seriously, I was like, what? The people who visit or who were taking care of my cat, I was like, you're amazing. My cat is better than when we left him. But I think it's just he missed us so much. That's cute. Yeah, that he's like super happy that we're there. And he's a totally different cat. Now he appreciates you. Yeah, I know. You just got to. It's like, it's like an English person sending their child to boarding school. <laughs> mommy, mommy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to eat all the crumpets. <laughs> mommy, mommy, don't send me back to, to, to that evil house, mistress. It's not like Harry Potter at all. There's no wizarding class. So wait, so 
So next year, you're going to try to do this as a, like a yearly thing. Yeah, too, because right? so because I figured out, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a highly astute at problem solving. And I figured out that problem solving thing, which is the Mutiny Radio Comedy Fellowship. Really, and I guess I can leave it anytime. I just like to keep things kind of the same. Like every August, I can do this. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's an it's an apartment share, but I'm going on vacation. So it's giving another comedian who's been a part of the festival. That way, I know them and trust them. And it's only it's just another perk that gets added on to the awesomeness of the festival. Right. So the awesome the, this year the festival is going to be a full seven days long. Uh, it's going to be sun, March 1st through 7th, which is Sunday through a Saturday, and um, and I'm going to give everybody the, the other new idea is. Well, first let me talk about the fellowship. So once you're a part of the comedy festival, that means I trust you because you've been here and I've seen you do your shows and I trust you as a comedian. And I know that you're not going to fuck up my, I know you like, and I know people through the festival. Like I'll know if they're going to, if I'm not, if I don't trust them to live in my place, like I would, I would, I would have to talk to them ahead of time, certain ones and be like, okay, so we're going to, it's about taking care of my cat. But it's also great to like give comedians an opportunity to live in San Francisco for free for a week, but it's not for free. I mean, they're taking care of my cat and they're taking care of the your station. House, your house sitting yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Their house sitting in the middle of the city in a gorgeous place with an awesome cat, A. So it's awesome. And then also they get 12 hours of stage time. They get a bunch of time because they've got to run all the open mics that I'm not there to run. Right. So... It's it's great because it gives them. Sorry about the horn in the background. Someone's a dick in this neighborhood. Um, it's it's great because it's great for them because it gives them a chance to come to see how awesome San Francisco is for comedians who are starting out and trying out their material. There's so many rooms. There's so many open mics. If they know ahead of time that they want to be a part of the festival or part of the fellowship, they can connect with people and they can set up shows, tons and tons of shows. So it's a great opportunity for them. But it's also great for me because I can leave the country without freaking the fuck out. Yeah, that's the number one thing. Right, because I know my cat's not gonna, I know my cat's not going to die. I know that my house isn't going to burned down and I know that the station's going to be taken care of by someone right and without me having to ask favors of a bunch of people here because if you live in San Francisco why do you want to go and feed my cat or live in my place and the homeless comedians that live in San Francisco I'm sorry but I don't want them living in my place because oh, I don't trust no. them I don't, if, no. I don't trust them to feed my cat so it's only good for someone if they're far away and they plan it like a vacation so I'm, I'm excited about that um also but those people, they've told me like, hey, anytime you want to do an apartment share. So Jesse Mundy of uh, Texas said, hey, whenever you want to come to Austin or whenever you want to do this switch again, we'd love to. So that I, he's like, you can stay at my place and take care of the chickens and we'll be at your place and we'll take care of the cat. And I'm like, that sounds fantastic because he had a great time. Out. Yeah. So, so that's the, that's the fellowship part. But the festival this year, I'm really excited because... I have these new ideas of ways to help things like on the the beginning. So I'm in the past. I've done it like every day of the week, whether it's a Monday or whatever, there's five shows. It's going to be great. That's crazy. Like <laughs> that's not smart. So what I'm going to do on the Sunday is have two shows back to back where they're two hours each. And it's basically 25 comedians. And so there's 50 comedians in the festival. And so it's going to be 25 comedians, 25 comedians. It's basically they're all audience for each other. I have a professional videographer 
everyone gets an awesome tape. I get a new Mutiny Radio banner. It's right behind them. The stage looks great. 50 people get 50 awesome five-minute videos that they can send out to wherever, and Mutiny Radio's right behind them. And they get to put their name. We'll do it for them. Their name, the date, at Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The audience is amazing. They're amazing. They get a tape. So no matter what, you leave the festival with a great tape. So that's my that's, first idea. That's, that's good promo. And then that's the thing is that it's at the beginning of the week. It's on a Sunday. So if people buy the whole festival package, they get access to these cool, awesome shows at the beginning of the week that are like secret and underground because they're, they're already, it's already going to be a full house because the comedians are their own audience. So there's only a couple spaces. So it can be like, ooh, if you're a VIP, you can have access to this awesome show. But anyone else, you can listen to it on Mutiny Radio because it's going to be, it's going to be killer. <laughs> right? So... And then throughout the week, things sort of ramp up. So on Monday, during the day, people are sort of doing their own podcasts. They're guests on other people's shows. There's Joke Workshop. There's another sort of show after kind of thing. And then it ramps up until, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or like, here's a bunch of shows there at night. This is a great thing. But I, I'm, I'm, why try to force people to come to a show at five o'clock? That makes no sense. No one wants to go to a show at five o'clock. So that was in the past. That's me Especially being Especially like on a weekday. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like last year, I'm like, hey, we're going to have a show at Monday at five o'clock. Like anyone was going to come to that show. <laughs> Someone's got to fix that horn. That's crazy. I know. It just stopped. And then it started again. I might have to go smash that. You might car. have to like, but it's too slow to like do anything cool to. No. It's like a bad metronome. Who still has alarms like that? Who's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? I, I heard a statistic that there are 300,000 Lyft extra cars in the city every day that are specifically Lyft and Uber. There are 300,000 cars in the 7x7 of San Francisco Jesus that are Christ. Uber and Lyft. I heard um, they have uh, too many Uber and Lyft drivers in Chicago. Oh. Yeah. So they had to cut back. But the sad thing, the ones here, they're they're not even from here. So they don't even no. know their way around the city. Yeah, exactly. They're from Modesto. And people are doing that. They're driving in from places like Modesto to do like two 48-hour shifts and sleep in their car in between and try to drive as many people as possible to then drive back to Modesto and like their fucking families or whatever they're doing. It's crazy. Because it's the only way to survive in this area. Well, Shit. I, and I've been thinking about that. Like, how... How are we going to, how are we supposed to survive? What are we going to do? I, and, and is what I, does, does what I do have worth? Like I look at Mutiny Radio and I think it's incredibly important. But then from another perspective, it could be like, shut down that hobby for those kids that think that they have something to say. Do you know? Like, yeah, no, I or why? And I've got, I get to teach junior hires again. Um, and like, why, why even teach children to express themselves? Is well, that, is that helpful for yeah, society? It is very helpful because you'll end up like that 14 year old yeah. who ends up, who murdered his family. Right. Cause if he had any method of self-expression, everybody would have known already that he was 
he was going postal. Bingo. If if he maybe could like act it out and dance, or if he could have a blog, or if he could have a community of people that he knew, and like even if it's like that's the thing is if you're on World of Warcraft, even then if you're in a team and talking to people, someone's gonna know. Although maybe they're far away, and how would they contact his parents? Like how would you? Let somebody, if you saw the signs, like if you saw a kid drawing like flames or cross marks or something. Or hurting animals. Or hurting animals. Like, uh, I mean, that's when you have to shut it down. It sounds like a lot of, like in the town of only 500 people isolated. Yeah, but someone's got to see something. Yeah. Or is it just like in a town like that, everybody murders animals? <laughs> They're like, oh, he was being mean to squirrels. Yeah, so is Jimmy. So is Bobby. Everybody's fine. At least he's not fucking his sister. Like, what are they? No, I'm sorry. That's terrible. <laughs> Why did I bring it there? But I also, I, I do think that there is a lot of dehumanization that's going on with with videos and with the separation there and, and, and what's real and what's not. Like, even right now, like, yeah, I get really high all the time. But is this, this is real, right? Like, a 14-year-old kid actually, this isn't a movie. No. This is real. Today, all the things that happen today are not fake news. You're, this is real. I didn't make this up. This is real stuff that's happening every day in the United States. And we're, are we glorifying it by talking about it on the news? Or do we have to talk about it in order to bring about some kind of change? I is think, change possible? I think talking about it helps. Seriously. Because obviously when you don't, when you bottle things in and I'm assuming that's probably what this kid was doing bottling his feelings until the point he explodes and then murders his family I mean it's like that's uh 14 I you know I mean the thing just, is I get it 12 13 14 year olds and I remember when I was that age it was hard everything was so important and so dramatic and so intense and I, I mean at least I had I had some outlets like girls, but girls deal with, they deal with that angst differently. Girls turn it inward. Yeah. And like I developed an eating disorder because I couldn't control the world. So I had to control myself and I'll control all the food that gets into my body. Okay. So yeah, that's sick and a problem granted, but it's different than boys that bottle it up and they can't control anything. And then they get a gun and they kill their parents. Like it's girls who have emotional disturbance tend to hurt themselves. Boys with emotional disturbance tend to hurt others. I used to teach junior hires with emotional disturbance. I only taught two girls in my entire time of teaching. In my four years of teaching students with emotional disturbance, only two were female. female. And the rest were all dudes. Uh, But I don't even know if they were they were cisgendered dudes I assume nobody like came out and that was the issue that they were having some sort of the, it never and that was the other thing in the late 90s everyone was calling everyone gay anyways and I stopped I put the kibosh on that in my, my classroom I was like you can't I know it's in every movie I know that he's gay it's like oh uh, no homo even before no homo like guys touching each other in movies or anything always was like oh but I'm not gay like that was a joke that was the punchline to everything right. And I told him, calling someone gay like that, for me, in this classroom, is the same as pulling out the N-word. It's a slur. It's using a term that's derogatory on purpose. You're trying to hurt someone with these words. That's your... You're using someone else's identity 
and you're or you're trying you're trying to hurt them with these words. I think that that's the impetus behind it, which is why black people can say it to each other because it's done out of love, whereas. If same white people was, do it, it's done out of hate. Same as like, you know, the gay community can use the F word. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Or, um, or the, or the T word for um, people, the, the T word for people who um, are trans, not that word. That word is fine. But the other word that has been used for years and years and years, which is incredibly offensive and it's their word. And if they want to use, but that's the thing is when you use words flippantly, in a derogatory manner, that's where we should be taking umbrage. Yeah. I love the word umbrage. 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 So you're gone, when in Portugal? You're October? The 24th through, I think, November the 6th. Oh, wow. Over Halloween. Fun. Yeah, so, yeah. It's been Halloween in Portugal. So cool. And then cool. after that. Did you get a deal on tickets or something? Yeah. It was it was cheap. It was only $503. Round trip? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, Lufthansa? Where were you flying? Uh, Lisbon, and then we're going to go to Porto. Oh, no, what's, the, what's your airline? Oh, um, is it British Airways? I oh, would think, wow. I think I would... Everyone has their favorite. Uh, Aegean yeah. is my favorite, although they don't fly. I love KLM. Yeah? KLM. I had a great... Aegean gives you little bottles of wine that are different and they're all all greek they use all greek products too it's so great and well, they give you snacks a, that's, that's a times. greek airline yeah that's why i love them yeah you get on they give you like little towels to refresh even on short flights they're amazing snacks wine if you finish your wine they'll give you more wine they don't care they're it's they're so nice and the, i mean and, and they you treat you they have leg room they treat you nicely they're great yeah, I love I love them. Ryanair can suck my dick. Oh fuck, Ryan! Ryanair, I'll never. We call that Aryan, uh, Aryan Air. I mean, Ryanair. They're Air, terrible. They're so bad. They're always in the news about something racist that they've done. Well, yeah, you have to pay yeah. for that. Do you have to pay for that? That and bottled water. Show. You water. Yeah, you have to pay two for? euros for bottled water. Yeah, you don't get water. You don't get anything. You don't get snacks. I'm so sorry. You it's flew on hot. That. Like there was like it was weird with like the air. Like the air didn't feel good. They. They fly you into weird parts and you have to get off the plane and like go into buses with all these people and then go somewhere else. It is, it's a sweaty airline. If you're going to fly Ryanair, no, it's going to be cheap, but you're going to sweat a lot. Like your body will just, will you, the temperature control issues are heinous and you have to be prepared with your own food and you can't have more than one bag. They charge you for everything, everything, even getting your tickets. You have to pre-print out your tickets. They can't be on your phone or your tablet, but they charge you to print out the tickets. So if you're at the airport and you don't have your tickets printed, they'll charge you $10 to print your tickets. So it's like, they go like, this flight is 17 euros. And then they're like, well, your bag costs 20 euros and you have to print your ticket and that's 10 euros and your water and your food. So then all of a sudden you're paying like 75 euros, which is what you would have paid on a GN anyway. So you just fly a GN. Do not fly Arian. Airlines, yeah, they're yeah, they're they're, they're a company out of Ireland, I believe. Yeah, they're they're shitty. They're trying to be cheap, but it's it, it's, it's too cheap. It's too cheap. I I'll pay a little more for 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 like a little of these sesame biscuits with the, with the honey in them. God, they're great. They a little bit of orange zest, a little sesame. You're making honey. me hungry. You're killing. Oh, me. I'm sorry, but that's just that's a thing. That's <laughs> a it's a it's a like a Greek treat. They're delicious. <laughs> I'm gonna make them with weed in them. Don't, don't, don't fly Aryan. Don't, yeah. Uh, hey, we'll be back next week. I'm so excited. Yay! Uh, 
thanks for listening to the AltaCast. We'll be back. Uh, coming up in the next hour is Some Call Me Tim. I don't think I have a guest, so I'll probably play some Flat Black Plastic. But at 3 o'clock, people are coming in to do... We're going to do voiceovers for the new commercials. Ah. We have some new commercials coming up. Law Tigers. And, um, yeah, Law Tigers. <laughs> And yeah, fuck sweet. And we're gonna do a new. We're gonna do a new Benders commercial and a new counteroffer commercial, and a new Dames Don't Care International Women's uh, Motorcycle Racing. They're passing a baton. They're going across the entire world. They're gonna be coming through California soon. Oh, that's so we're gonna cool. promote that party. It's basically just women motorcycle riders and promoting that around the world. That yes, women. And the coolest thing about a motorcycle rider is it's genderless. If you have your helmet on and you're wearing your gear and you're on a motorcycle, you can't tell. Are you a guy? Are you a girl? Are you a trans? Are you? A, are, does it matter? No, you're a motorcycle rider, and we should take care of them. That's why Law Tigers exists. Law Tigers. If you get hurt, contact Law Tigers. They're, they're specifically motorcycle riding insurance lawyers that help. With motorcycle accidents. And they're going to support the station. I'm so excited. That's pretty dope. I know. I know. You locked that one down. It's all Racers Alley, everybody. Thursdays, 6 to 8. Great show. If you like motorcycle racing, there it is. Uh, This has been the AltaCast. Here on Mutiny Radio. Au revoir. We'll see you guys another day. to patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... (laughs) It's indubitious. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby.
Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show. One of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Francisco, if you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. 